Welcome to the Doy Boys podcast. This is the most cracked podcast, the most racist podcast on the racist. internet. Yes. Oh. Schmidt is a certified KKK member. Oh. He just joined. I just saw him put his hat away earlier. Just just recently. Damn. Yeah. I just got put into a group with hope. <laughs> <laughs> you want, what your white hat now? How do you feel? How do you feel about it? Damn. You can you can That's join definitely, them. yeah. What uh, I'm what, not gonna dig into that. What prompted you to join this? I'm gonna uh, leave this. Com- <laughs> I'm ignoring. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> completely ignore this guy. Damn, he's trying to cancel me. Okay, okay, yeah. Anyway, welcome to episode 65. 65. I'm your host Joey, and I'm, uh, I'm Schmort. I'm Franz, and today we got our guest, uh, Jonah. Yeah, we got Jonah. Just the bam, Jonah. Bam. Yeah. Bam. Jonah. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. Stand-up comedian. Yeah, Jonah. (laughs) Firefighter. No. Paramedic. Paramedic. Jonah. Firefighter. 24 years old. Okay. (laughs) That was unnecessary. That was man. Very unnecessary. You've never been introduced like that before, man. It's like your that's like Conor McGregor walking into the ring, man. Yeah. I feel like my introduction to my wedding is gonna be worse than that. (laughs) Dang. You guys set a really high bar. What? Getting married? No. Oh. No. Uh, well, if I ever had a wedding. Oh. oh Shout okay. out to all this, the one single lady listening to this out there. <laughs> Yo, he, are you single? He's single. Yes, sir. You ready to prangle? No. Pringle. <laughs> you're, you're still on that vibe train? Dude, it's just like, you got to figure out your, you got to figure out your stuff first. You know, you got to figure out who you want to be. I'm kind of on that same path right now at the moment, to be totally honest. You know what? You know what? Here's a good... You said you wanted to get jacked this summer, right? Yeah, dude. We're getting swole. Let's do it. I'm so down. But, uh, okay, this is the move. This is the move. We need to get you a girlfriend, okay? No. Wait, no. No, wait, just just hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Boyfriend? No. <laughs> we need to get you a girlfriend. We're not, we're not about joke. that here. Uh, <laughs> she's going to be the best person you've ever met in your life, okay? She's going to be amazing. And then... I'm going to convince her to just absolutely break your heart. <laughs> Ultimate pre, okay? Ultimate pre. Ultimate uh, pre. The forbidden pre. You're gonna Joey hit the has gym. been indulging in that pre. Yeah. You're going to hit the gym like an absolute madman. You've gonna, been indulging in that pre? You're going to be swollen in like two weeks. I'm pretty He's good. ignoring it. I'm pretty good. I don't know, man. Like, maybe, but nah. I don't. I, I have enough motivation as it is. Just like. Just trying to be better, you know what I mean? Like, you don't need a girl to break your heart, you that's, know? That's, you just just go up and just do it just because you're supposed to. That's facts. Do you it know? just because you can be better and because you do have the potential. Dude, like, once you go to the gym for a couple months and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, like, I'm heavier than I was before and I can run faster than I could before. Like, that's enough. that should be enough motivation to, like, keep trucking. I feel like you should go in with positive, like, reasoning, right? Like, Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a good place to channel that, like, if you're really just low you can do one of two things like you can go work out put your energy there where you can pretty much just sulk sulk and in like rot which i've seen guys do both so i think definitely gym is probably the better option i would usually in in that case like you see people like turn their lives around freaking yeah actually do stuff like i've found that uh you can't trust fat people what (laughs) (laughs) what hey i have a theory well this is very popular theory Fat dudes are, are like the funniest guys. They're chill. Yeah, absolutely. They have to be. Fat yeah. women. Fat women. 
<laughs> are not. <laughs> <laughs> no, like there's, yeah. They all think they're tens, man. Yeah. My, my reasoning is this. If a, if a guy can't take care of his own body, what, like why would he take care of you? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. See, I don't know. But but like, I, I know guys like, like I'm a little bit, I got a little bit more meat than, than some guys like. It's it's so easy to just eat, and I mm-hmm. eat like significantly mm-hmm. healthier than most of my really skinny friends. It's it's not. I it's, wouldn't say that they can't take care of people. Yeah, it's not a full it's generalization. Kind of a, it's, it's kind of lame, dude. That you said that. I'm sorry. I, man. I completely disagree. Unless you're like morbidly fat. Yeah. Because yeah, I've seen a video of this lady who was like tripping over herself as her kid was rolling in a stroller towards a highway, and she couldn't get up to go grab the baby. Like, if you can't physically take care of your kids. Like that, in that aspect, then I agree. Then you can't, then you need to lose some weight. That should be the biggest wake up call. Sorry, where were you going? Oh, I was just going to say, like, Joey, how do you feel? Like, I saw you posting a couple pictures of you at the gym. Like, you feel better? You feel better about yourself? Dude, my whole life, honestly, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be totally honest. My girlfriend breaking up with me was probably the best thing that ever happened to me in my entire life. Okay. Mm -hmm. Really, really set things into focus. And so I started hitting the gym. I got a lot of old friends that I that I dropped off that were really good for me. I got like they came back into my life and they've been motivating me at the gym. My life has done a full 180 ever since I started hitting the gym. My relationship with God is going through the roof. It's phenomenal right now. Dude, I, I encourage anybody. Like, and especially when you start seeing results. Man. Mm. You see results and it and it just it drives you it gives you that much more motivation to just keep going. Yeah. Cause even and it's not like you won't see it on your body like right now. Like, dude, I'm a skinny guy and I think you like you're a skinny guy too. Like how hard is it for you to put weight on? It is almost impossible for me to put weight on. I've been doing like eating an absurd amount of food. I finished a whole bag of masking oh, really? in two weeks. Oh nice. And I, I I finished two bags of mass gain already. I started just going crazy, just trying to gain weight. I still, I put on like three pounds. Yeah. Cause especially like, but, but once you start seeing it in your reps and you start seeing your times, like I remember, uh, like Sunday I run for a run and I ran like the same place where I always ran for like the past two years, like the same run I always do. And I've like finished it. And I'm like, I was like thinking about it, like, wow, like two years ago. I would have gone 2K and just given up and been like, no, this is terrible. But now, like, I'll run 11K and I'm chilling. Dang. You know? And then, like, I'm, dude, I'm not fast. I'm not strong. But, like, I'm better than I was. And that's all that counts. Because, dude, gym, the gym is just like life. Like, you ever go to the gym and you see some guy, he's, like, lifting, you know, I don't know. He's doing, like, lat raises with five pounders, right? Yeah. And you look at that guy and he's like, oh, man. I can do it with 20s. But dude, you have no idea how many sets he's done. You have no idea what he's done before. You have you you have no clue. Just just like life. You see some guy who's like walking down the street with like, I don't know, ripped pants or something. You're like, oh dude, like I can afford better pants than that. But you have no idea, man. Like you have no idea what he's done. You have no idea. He's probably had to work twice as hard as you to get the pants he has. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's just like the gym, man. You see somebody benching, like, and dude, I, I'm bad for this, dude. I see people at the gym, because I could, like, because you compare yourself to people, you're, like, it's competition, right? I do it all the time, and it's very bad for me to, like, I always have to be like, I'm, I'm just here to focus on myself, 
And if I can get myself better, great. And then when my boys go up, I'm going to just congratulate them and move on and be happy mm-hmm. for them. That's Absolutely. It. That's exactly what you got to do. There's actually a term in, in uh, motorcycle riding. It's called ride your own ride. Like you got a group of people that are hauling ass and you're kind of like you're not as good or you're fresh in it or you're doing like you're, on, you're doing your own thing. You got a different bike. Ride your own ride. Don't don't risk blowing up Dude, to I, try to keep up. I made a mistake. I walked into the gym one day. <laughs> feeling like an absolute beast feeling like an absolute animal and i know i can't compete with like pretty much any of my friends i can't they're all lifting way more than me right but i was like you know what they might be able to lift more but they're not going to be able to go as hard as i do (laughs) so so i went the one day i was going to do an arm day oh man i don't know if i talked about it on one of the episodes i did like probably 500 if not more reps on preacher curls oh nice it i paid the price though and i did drop set i had 20 on each side plus the bar and then i just dropped it by 2.5 on each side until i just just kept going until i couldn't i just and i got some pain in my elbows and stuff now and yeah i'm paying for it so i actually got to take everything easy it was kind of stupid but i was just like just going sicko mode. Had an ego day. Yeah, I had an ego yeah. day. Well, actually, I wasn't thinking about it. I was just like, dang, nothing hurts. And I just I just kept going. I just That's exactly what you got to do, though, man. Like, if, if you can push it out, like, on those days where you can push it out, give her. Just go. Like, and, and you'll feel it the next day, but it'll be worth it. Because, like, now you're like, oh, yeah, man, I freaking did that the one day. You know, it was great. But, you know. You just got to, sometimes you got to push yourself. It's like David Goggins, man. Like the guy has, his knees are completely shot. You know, if anybody should not be running, it's him. But he's like running ultra marathons. Like with like zero cartilage in his knees. Yeah, just yeah. cement on asphalt, rubbing on his knees. Pretty much oh. just. How do you lose the cartilage? Is it just a couple injuries or is it just excessive? Uh, just his, I don't know. His like, body. It's just the way he was born. I'm pretty sure it was excessive running. But he used to I think, be, I'm pretty sure he had that before, though, right? He used to be obese. Yeah. Like, he was yeah. obese, and then he, well, he cut down when, like, well, became a Navy SEAL and all that stuff. So that's pretty cool. But, dude, the Navy SEALs, they have insane, uh, they have insane requirements to even get in. Yeah. I think it's, uh, like, an, a man has to be between 170, 180 pounds, around 5'10", like, 5'11". Like, they have very strict, like, you have to be this weight, this height, this 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 so for him being obese going down to like 170 180 that's insane you can't be super lean either you actually have to have a certain amount of body fat in order to join hmm. like if you're too lean they won't let you in yeah, but her they do a lot they do a lot of exceptions now though right no i don't know about don't navy seals I doubt like there's other branches of the army that they are doing a lot more exceptions i think even like the canadian army they just released another thing that they're that they're doing or like they just Release another thing where they're because their recruiting numbers are super low. I wonder um, why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't want to say the T word, but T word turdo turdo. Don't want to get political here. Anyway, so you were you born here in Canada? Yeah, man. So then, what prompted you to? move out to Mexico and do what you're doing. Are you, are you still like, are you just here on vacation? Kind of. 
Um, that's a good question. Uh, so here's kind of like a story. Um, so I was born here in Canada, like grew up here. I lived here till I was 18. And then, so my dad was a pastor of a church and he was a pastor since I was five. And, um, and so after that, uh, some stuff went down and he kind of like wanted a break and stuff. And he's always, he, he was born in Mexico, lived in Mexico for a long time. And he always had this dream of like, Hey, I want to, I want to go back to Mexico. And so the church agreed to let him have, uh, it was like a year off. And, uh, and so he decided we're going to move the family to Mexico. So when I was 18, we all moved to Mexico for the first time. That was in 2017. And then, um, so I lived out there for like, it was like nine months. I came back in between, uh, and then, and then in between that, I was kind of like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Cause it's like you, you're right at that point, like when you're 18 and then your family moves to another country where you know nobody and you don't know the language and you don't know anything. Right. And now you got to like figure it out and you're like, okay, like who am I? Right. And then, um, so then I went to, uh, the school called alert Academy in, um, in the States and that's like a first responders kind of Academy. Uh, so I did, so like they're, they have like a basic training which is kind of like the Marines or like equivalent. Okay. And so I did that. So like that was nine weeks. And then I went back home after that for like two weeks. And then I moved back here to earn money. And so like that was in, I don't know, 2018. And then that next summer or that next January, 2019, I went back to alert and I'd finished that program completely. So I spent another uh, six months there and then I moved back here and then I went back to the States to do some more training and then I went to Mexico for a bit. So I've kind of just like jumped all around for like the last uh, five, six years. So yeah, that answers your question. Uh, if I'm here on vacation or what's up, um, I'm not quite sure yet. I'm kind of looking at some options. We're going to see what happens. But yeah. Would you, if you were to come back here, would you try to pursue um, the same, like first responder work as well? Absolutely. That's yeah. something I'm looking into right now. I'm trying. Dude, it's awesome. I'm trying to get into the paramedics program at St. Clair at the moment. Do it. I'm working on it. Absolutely do it. I think it's like, what, two years? Mm-hmm. It's a two-year program, and it's a first response or like like a really, I don't know, a job that involves helping people. That's what I really want. Absolutely. It's totally worth it, man. You know what? You'll never get the recognition you deserve. You'll never, you, you'll always be like, I, I'm going to warn you because I've done it and I've, I've worked it. You're going to have days where you're just like, I don't. Like where everything is going wrong, where, where you're working 16, 17, 18 hours and on no food and nothing. And you're just, and, and you're, and you're helping these people who never thank you. They never thank you. Well, sometimes they do. Like every once in a while, you'll get a guy who thanks you, but you know, you have an unconscious patient that you found on the side of the road. Like he's not going to thank you. His family has no idea. So you bring him to the hospital because that's your job. Like, that's your job. You're the you're the guy who shows up on people's worst day. That's your job. Yeah, that's usually what it is for first response, whether you're a firefighter, or a police officer, or paramedic. I got a question. What is your most badass moment in firefighting? Oh, uh, so the one time... <clears throat> So a lot of my stories start with the one time. And oftentimes people call me out and they're like, Jonah, you're full of shit. Nothing ever happened. I took a bunch of photos. If you guys want photos later, I'll show you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> one time we get a call. 
uh, I was at my house. So I was a volunteer firefighter. So I had a radio on me the whole time and um, on call 24 seven. And we got a call that there was a car burning on the highway and I was three minutes away. Like it was right close to my house. And so I jumped in my car and I, uh, I head on over there. I get on scene first. Um, and I, I radio in that I showed up and right away my, my chief, he's like, he's like, make sure there's nobody in the vehicle, all this stuff. Okay, cool. So I always had my turnout gear, like I had it in a big bag in my trunk. And so I just jumped out. I had like, just get my gear on. I'm ready to go. I walk up this kind of like, uh, so I parked down here and there's like, like this, an embankment, kind of like this embankment up onto the road. Okay. And this Mexican guy comes running up to me. He's like, Oh, there's people in the car. I'm like, in that moment right there, I'm just like, this is going to be cool. Like, this is going to be fun, <laughs> right? Like, this is this is going to be awesome. And so, like, I run up to the car, and I right away, I yell over radio. I'm like, we got possible victims, da 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 Like, I'm, gonna, I'm going in. And so, he's got, like, this shovel. And I don't know where he got it from, but I grab the shovel, and I just, like, walk straight up to the vehicle. Like, I put my visor down to smash all the windows, right? And uh, I look in, it's, like, completely empty. And then... And then my buddy yells over the radio. So we all had like, we would have like radio, not call signs, but like nicknames. We use our nicknames because it's Mexico and like, we didn't want people knowing our real names. Okay. And so mine was uh, gringo. So I was gringo. Like that was my name. Makes and, sense. He, and he yells over on the radio. He's like, <coughs> he's like, gringo, get away from the car. I just found two dead bodies down the street. And so what had happened was, uh, not to go into too much detail, but they had left, uh, the cartel had left two bodies on the side of the road who were the, who had stolen that truck. And so, so the cartel had set it on fire, the truck. And so I just backed up and got back, Shit. you know, wait, so my, the truck comes and everything. And so yeah, waited for them. And, but yeah, in that moment, breaking the windows with a shovel, that's pretty awesome. Was it, were the people inside alive? So there was nobody inside the vehicle, but like down the road. Oh, okay. They're, they're so like, you literally were... You were like about to step into something that cartel was like, what's it called? They're like uh, making an example and you walk right into their example. Yeah. And like it happens, like it happens because, hey, like they're very active and especially in that, in that region, region, not okay, not region, but in that line of work, Mm. you're kind of crossing because you work with cops, you work with paramedics, you work with firefighters, and I was a firefighter and a paramedic. And so, like, I kind of had, like, I kind of, like, was in this world, right? You're basically and their cleanup crew. Yeah, like, it's not, not really, but, like, you you realize, you you hear about a lot more stuff that they do. Um, and so, so, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Breaking, breaking windows. So, that's, like, that's, like, the most badass thing, but, like, is there anything that stands out between paramedic and, like, firefighting? Where you're like, man, that was like really messed up. I wish I didn't see that. Anything like that? No. And here's why. I've seen like some pretty weird shit. Like some pretty messed up stuff. Um, But I always thought it's better that I see it than my sister or my little brother or my mom or my cousins or, you know, like I'll take that burden, you know? Mm. Um, not because I think I'm better than anybody. That's like, I like I very like I don't think that I'm just this amazing, fantastic person. And I think like if you get to know me, like you'll really realize that. But I just rather, like, if you're in there for the right reason and if you're there to help, I think that there's like this, 
not energy or like spirit or whatever, but like there's just this thing. It's like God protects those people. Like if you're there for the right reasons, like, and, and you're not there just to like inflate your ego and you're actually there to help, like you'll, you're not going to suffer from that. And I'm not going to say that everybody's like that, but that's kind of the way I had it. Like, and especially if you listen to people about PTSD and stuff like that, like there's a lot of stories like that and, and that's crazy. And I'm sure that can happen to anybody, but so far, like I've never had an experience where I'm like, Oh, I just wish I wouldn't have seen that. There's been a moment. There was one moment where it like clicked in my brain where I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, there was an incident I had to help with an accident and it was, it was like, I got to smash in the windows and stuff and like be there for the guy. Right. And dude, it's like, it's like my brain shut off in that moment. It was just like, it completely shut off. And I was like, Hey, all I got it. Like, it was like, okay, I seen it happen. I got out. I was like, I called 911 immediately. I got down there. I didn't think twice about it. It was like. I was just completely in that moment. And after I was done, I was like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. I was like, this is, this is like literally what I'm meant to do. And that's so cool. That's so cool that you had that. Cause I've, I've felt that way before. Not probably not the exact way you felt, but you know, you get that moment where you're like, yep, this is, yep, this is exactly it. You know, this is what I want to do. And this is exactly why I'm here on this earth. Yeah. And that thing is like a reaction like that, where you actually go and, like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help these people, or I'm gonna like jump in this and potentially risk my life. Like a situation like that, people that do that are becoming less and less. Because if you look in society, if someone's literally getting shanked on the side of the road, there's like 50 people around. They're all just recording. Yeah. That is all nine out of ten people do these days, and it's it's scary. I've seen videos like something crazy is going on. Like for instance, a guy falls on the track of a subway and a train's coming. Nine out of ten people are just filming. Yeah. What's filming gonna do? Mm-hmm. It's it's the filming thing that people do disgusts me. But I know it's not in everybody to do that. But I but feel like people used to do it more. Why do you think people do that though? Why do you think people don't help? They don't mm-hmm. want to get themselves in a position where they could be vulnerable um, and get themselves hurt or or do something that seems stupid to other people. It just seems like a messed up response to like if you're gonna react on t- on cue like that and just pull out your phone like then you can react on cue in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like they're so quick to pull out their phone. Like you've seen those videos, right? Where something's going on, where obviously the person needs help and they're in distress, and like everyone is just recording. It's dystopian. It doesn't feel like we're like in the same world as that. It could also be just clout trying to. Uh, oh, look what I said. That's disgusting, you know though. I think the reason people don't help is simply because it's in an inc- it's an inconvenience. Hmm. Like for example, on the highway, you're driving on the highway, an accident happens. Most people drive by. You're on your way to work. The majority of people don't stop, dude. Like today, I seen a motorcycle on the side of the road, and it was just weird to me. Like it was like in a ditch, and it was parked there, and it was weird to me. I was like, for some for some reason, it bothered me, and I took the time. Like I was on the way to work. I was almost I was almost late. But I was just like, nah, I just want to make sure nobody's down there. I turned around to go check. But for most people, to stop is a complete inconvenience for them. It takes time out of their day. And also, they could be dragged into an issue that they, I guess, wouldn't want to be in. Mm. I think some a part of it, too, might be people don't even know what to do. That, too. 
Like, like you have no idea what to do. Like you, uh, I don't know. I follow a lot of like, um, paramedic stuff on Instagram and stuff. And you see videos of guys like that have like an arterial bleed and they're squirting blood like out of their arm. Nobody does anything because they have no idea where to start. Yeah. Like, they're in shock. Like, where do you start? You know? And once you have that training, even just a little bit of training or even just somebody who's like down to hang out with you for, for a couple, like a couple hours and just teach with you and practice and get those reps in like to where you see an accident. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I know exactly where to start because it's like nothing. It's not just this crazy, you know, thing that's happening that has no structure. No, you go in there and you know exactly what you got to do. You start at the top and you go down the list just so like any other job. That's interesting. You say that. So that gets me thinking if, if you think like, as you're just saying, a little bit of teaching can really put like a good path to follow in the people's brain. That should be in school. Absolutely. That should be in like in, in elementary school <laughs> and high school. Like there should be, they should have basic oh. rescuer courses, man. I think the whole, I think the whole education, well, we kind of touched on this recently, but just the whole education system needs a whole re, like a whole rework. I think like that there's practical real life rework. I think that there should be a class of just like situational problem solving. Yeah. That'd be nice. That is, a, that would be a really good class to have. And I think everybody should have to work in a restaurant for three months before they <laughs> graduate. Really? Work That's as a cool. server, work as a server, go bring people their stuff and everybody would just be nicer because like you can always tell, like I work in the restaurants a lot. And you can always tell somebody that's worked in a restaurant versus somebody who's just a complete douche and just there to just make your day terrible. Like have everybody go work in a restaurant for at least three months. You make good money. You make good money and you learn how to not be an idiot and yeah, treat everybody better. I've never worked at a restaurant. I've never worked at one either, but I don't, I've never once met like, you know, been a douche. Yeah. I'm, I'm not like, saying like people that haven't nice. worked at restaurants are just douches, but How I'm just saying there's a lot of people that are. I've specifically avoided that line of work <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I just didn't want to work with food, man. Like just working with food. I don't know why. I just, I really, really don't want to do mm. that. My work, my wife worked at Starbucks and she, she ran into some people there like, well, I told her Starbucks is like you get the you get the Karens of the castle, like the top of the ranked Karens. They go to Starbucks in the morning. And sure enough, she's she had some awful customers, like just disgusting people going through. And it's like, how can you talk to someone that's literally making a drink for you? Like, what if how I look at it, you got to respect the people who are cooking for you because you don't know what's going on back yeah. there. You ever seen that one movie? I, I, I know what you're I, talking I, about. Uh, I agree with you. The, the one where they waiting. With Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, the Ryan Reynolds, the older movie. Is it called Waiting? Yeah. Yeah, so I've that movie always just struck a chord with me. So basically, this little Karen's like freaking out about her meal. So they bring it back. I'll, like, oh, yeah, we'll take it back. They bring it back. One guy horks in it. One guy puts his balls in there. We're like... Dandruff. Some some lady scratches her head and dandruff. Oh, it was <laughs> vile, man. The one guy's like, you can't mix Mexican with Continental. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good movie if you haven't seen it. Speaking of the restaurant stuff, you're you're a bartender now. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. What? So you're just dabbling in all the different. Uh, yeah, you're like the definition of uh, a, some something somebody once told me. Jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> uh, no, not that one. Uh, it was uh, in your twenties. Wait. Um, 
twenties is the time to try anything. Like I forget the, the the they said it in a specific way, but when you're in your twenties, do everything. Just do do like figure out what you really want to do, and just and fail. Honestly, that too. Find out where where what what sticks and what doesn't. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, like I don't know. For me, it's like I like I've just thought about it. I'm like, okay, well, I would like to be a bartender. I think it'd be fun. Might as well try it. Because right now I have the chance, like I got, I'm living, you know, with my grandma, I don't have to pay a lot of rent, so I don't have that financial burden. And, um, so it's, you know, I can just kind of try stuff and it's fine. And, and I have a lot of friends that kind of have worked at one place since they got out of high school and that's fine. Like if you want to do that, like that's absolutely fine, but I can't, that's not for me. I like trying stuff. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I've been, I've been thinking about it for a while, for Specifically in the last little while, I want to retry my survival trip, man. I want to redo 2.0? it. 2.0? Survival trip 2.0. Solo or with somebody? I want to do it solo. Oh, I want dude, to do that's it. That's dangerous, do, man. I want to do a solo one so bad. Where uh, where do you want to do it? Uh, I recently purchased some land with my family. And so that's available to me. And there's a lot of crown land attached to it. And there's a lake. So I know that there is a pretty good chance of getting fish. And it's a smaller lake which is a better chance of getting fish. I think so because it's more condensed into like a smaller body of water rather than an entire huge lake. And, um, the fact that that lake is there, it brings in wildlife water Mm -hmm. where the water is, the wildlife is there. So I think it would be a a great spot to, to try something like that. What? That's just scary, man. Like the alone thing. That's where I'm like, man, something could happen. Oh yeah. Something could happen. Do you have, yeah. I'm always the what if guy. Like you never know if you're gonna die. Yeah, Yeah, something something could happen right here, dude. Yeah, but we're we have three witnesses. If you die in this room or you fall down, three people are gonna come to your aid. What if we all get obliterated? What kind of kind of what if is that, man? (laughs) Joey's like, yeah, I might go into like some crown land in the middle of nowhere by myself, and then Frank's like, yeah, it's the same as if we all were just you know we're in the same amount of danger. (laughs) I mean, anything could happen. That's fair. I, I ride motorcycles. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you could get run over. You could. Somebody I, could I just... actually almost got hit like three times. People yeah. are so oblivious to motorcycles. It's mm-hmm. disgusting. Just try to hit you. <laughs> I want to hear about your, your stand-up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Want, <laughs> it was pretty terrible. I'm so curious. <laughs> we told, him, we told him he had to come up with a bit for the pod, so he's got something on his mind. Do you um, have a bit? You said you had one, You right? said you did. So let's, let's first wait. Before I... No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I did like an open mic, okay? I did like open mic like a couple times. Um, it was a lot of fun. I, like absolutely loved it. It takes a special set of huevos to stand up in front of a crowd and try to purposely make them laugh. Oh, I can imagine. And Especially if they don't laugh at like a joke yeah, you were working on. Oh, bomb. I cannot imagine. Oh, I bombed like four out of five times. I bombed. <laughs> and it's fine. Like... Like, who cares? Like, you only live once. You might as well try it. Like, you might... Like, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with standing up there and being like, hey, guys, my name's, you know, whatever. And, you know, whatever. And so... Uh, but I still write... Like, if I think of funny stuff, I'll write it down. You know? It's just my kind of way of being aware, I guess. Uh, but, yeah. So, I would definitely encourage... If you think that you're funny, or like, write some jokes down and try it. It's just... I feel like organic funny is... 
a, like a whole different yeah. version than like writing down bits. Mm-hmm. Like the bits thing, that's got to be difficult. You're running solo because like you can kind of run with it for a bit, but you got to switch it up eventually. Yeah, I have my moments, but I wouldn't consider myself a funny person. Like I have moments where I can be very funny, but 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 I would just say it's like it's just varying. Just depends on the day. In general, I don't think I'm a very funny person. Just got you're those, not those times. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were looking for validation. No, I'm not looking for validation. That's like an honest opinion of myself. I feel like everyone's funny in their moments. That like the, out of the, out of us. I we think we all throw a good joke in the pod every now and then. I think sure. that too soon comedy is hilarious. Oh, it's hilarious. Too soon? What do you mean? Like uh, something terrible happens and you make a joke about it way too early. <sighs> I've done that. <laughs> Wait, do you know about? Ah, uh, he doesn't listen. You know? Do you know about Benny getting hit in the face with a rock? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> We have some friends that thought it would be a great idea to just chuck rocks like, at trains dude, that are flying by. Dude, dude, okay, hold on, hold on. I was there. I was there. <laughs> okay, so me, me oh. and some boys went fishing. We went, fi- you know, those giant like radio towers. Mm-hmm. So we went fishing, and then it got late, and then we were coming back, and then we were like, you know what, we should climb a radio tower. And so then we park our vehicle somewhere near the radio tower, not nearby, because you're not like allowed to be there. Anyway, we parked nearby, uh, near a train track, and we're walking towards the train track, and just as we're walking towards it, the train's about to pass by, we're standing right next to it, and we're like, oh, this is sick. And then my one buddy's like, I wonder if you could, like, he's like, I bet you can't throw a rock in between the cars as the train is moving. And so we were trying, we were like, trying to get it, and my one friend, he picks up a rock, he stands up, and all of a sudden, Doo! He sits down. And he's <laughs> <laughs> like it just got kicked up from the uh, from the ground. No, the, we, we threw a rock, and with the momentum of the train, it's ah, like if you were hitting a back. baseball bat. It ricocheted Jeez. off. Ah. It ricocheted, just oh, no. boomed him in the head. At first, I was like really concerned. I was like, like this could be bad, and I like checked him out. And he's had a fall before. I've had to drive him to the hospital before. And, that, and like I checked it out, I realized it wasn't like. Like serious, like super serious. <laughs> he had a really big black guy uh, <laughs> in the eye. It was like yeah, directly right here. in oh, the eye. No, yeah, right around the how, eye. How big of a rock? Like fist size. That's, oh. a, <laughs> that's a hard one to explain. You know, where'd you get your black eye from? A train. <laughs> yeah, like that, you tell it to your parents. They're not gonna believe you. <laughs> yeah, I got hit by a train. <laughs> Specifically in the eye. Yeah. Have you seen those videos of the dudes that walk? They try to take these cool videos of a train flying by and they're walking directly beside it as it's going and they just get like nailed in the head by something sticking out of the train and it kills oh. them. Like trains have insane momentum. So I think he got lucky. Oh, Benny. he did get very lucky. He easily died. What's cool is those guys that go, that jump on the trains and then they like, they'll go from like one place to another just kind of like illegally or whatever. I want to try that so bad. It's pretty cool. You got to do that in Mexico, though, where you, you like can pay off the cops or something. Like, don't do that in the U.S. You, you could get in serious trouble for that here. Oh yeah, dude, you can get, I, you can get a ticket, probably fine. Like, hmm. maybe even toss in the can. What if you have no ID? I don't know. They they'll find a way, man. That's true, but I don't have my prints in the system. 
You just hop on the train with nothing but a bag with like a sandwich in it and just be like, yeah, I'm homeless. Yeah, and then you eat that one sandwich, and then you're like, "What am I doing here for the next five hours?" <laughs> just sitting on a train in a just this box car. You get to the next stop. Yeah, that'd be cool though. Like I know a lot of people did that back then. Imagine you just want to go to a new city, so you just like hop, hop on a train, just figure it out. out. Were they called stowaways? Yeah, something like that. Isn't that on a ship? Is that is it the same thing on a train as on a ship? I think and there's a term for it on trains. I forget what it is. But still, I think a stowaway is a ship term. But I think that's just anybody who stows away. A freeloader? I was in Could. New York okay. last week. And you know how the, sub, like, you know the subway system, how you scan in, you pay, and then you can walk through the thing. And it goes, and you walk through mm-hmm. it, like one of those little roller things. One in three people just hop it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. One, they say they've done studies in New York City subways. One in three people don't pay. And sure enough... There's these big emergency exit doors beside the little roller things that you walk through. People will just open them from the inside and then like 30 people flood in. Like it is weird and there's nothing people can do about it. Also, the handrails on the subway are disgusting. Disgusting, dude. Dude, literally, if you like touch them, your hand just like... You can feel... No, you can feel it. It's just disgusting. You can feel the film on your hands after you're off the train. Yeah. Dude, have you ever... Being inside a New York City public bathroom. Oh, I wouldn't trust that. It is. I think that you literally contract every disease known to man walking in there. Like I went into one and I can't remember if I even, I don't even think I went into the bathroom. I think I was just like, I'm going to hold it. And I left. Yeah, big cities shouldn't be a thing. Look at the Tower of Babel. Dude, big cities cities are dope, man. They're sick, but if I had to live in one, I'd probably commit suicide. for real. And that's how everybody there feels. Maybe not everybody, but most A lot of them are just so used to it. It's just their life. Some people love it. Everybody looks so miserable there. Yeah. They're always rude. It's not the city. They actually are very nice. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I've I've never heard that from New York before. I had one experience there recently, last week. Or there's like a really, really tweaked out giant black seven foot dude, just like about to swing at us on the train. Like it, it was, it was my bad. I was we had done a comedy show, like we went and watched a stand up show. Oh, nice! And it had went around till what uh, it had went up until like 10 p.m. And I'm like, oh, do I take the subway for two dollars, or do I take an Uber for sixty U.S. And I took the the first option, obviously. I'm a money saver where I can. And that's the experience that we had was that trip. And then on the same trip, further later, some like ooh, homeless lady was following me and my wife around. We were the only two on the train in the cart alone. It was whack. All of a sudden, she comes in and she just like starts walking up to us. It was creepy, man. Dude, have you not watched Batman? Have you not watched Batman? Yeah, I've watched Batman. Well, that that you should know. You never go on the subway at night. Well, dude, it's, especially it's with 60, your woman, you dude. Sixty US. Well, okay, okay, if it's if I'm not with my woman, if I'm with the it boys, it was like literally ten. Oh, with the boys, yeah, with the boys, you're fine. With the boys, I would subway. Have, I would have felt safer with with the boys. But yeah. I gotta keep. I gotta keep the woman safe. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm curious saying? though. How did you instigate this seven foot black man? Well, so I'll explain. So we, we were on this train, and and that train was like there's probably like 15 other people in there with us, and he was on the other end of the tra- like the subway cart. So we were far, yeah. but like 
I whisper, I whisper over to, to my wife. I'm like, don't make eye contact. Don't look at him. And he's like, what oh. are you whispering about over there? Shut the F up. That's, what, that's all you kept saying. Shut the F Dude, up. Dude, of Shut course he's going to say that. <laughs> he's trying to like fight everybody that looks at him. There's, they get to the next stop. The doors open. Literally every single person other than him clears out of the subway. Nice. And me and her are like, okay, this is not about to happen that I'm left alone with this guy on here. So we quickly hop out and everyone actually just merged to the next cart over. So that's what they do in New York. If there's someone sketchy, they just hop over. So like the next cart and the one, the two between the, the one with him packed full is <laughs> completely empty. And he, and I saw him cause you can see through the carts and I saw him. He's like slowly walking towards us from his cart and, it, and you can hop through them while it's going. It's freaking sketchy, man. So, <laughs> so never go into the empty cart. I would stay out. I would stay out of the subway completely past 10 p.m. probably. See, I would want to specifically, go, if I was with the boys, I'd specifically want to go into the subway cars late at night just to see what, what, what happens. I would have felt completely different with the boys, though. I noticed something very strange. I was in Toronto a, a little while ago, and it was, uh, it was still snowy, so it, like not too much. Uh, so like there's pathways where people walk. And I noticed in the subway... There is one foot of section where the floor is wet. The rest of it bone dry. So people are just walking in this one area all the way through. Mm. One spot. Everybody's walking in one spot. I should tell you something. <laughs> it's freaking weird, dude. I was looking at that. I'm like, what? I mean, when I was in New or when I was in Toronto with my cousin Newfie. Yeah. He almost sat down on a couch with a homeless guy like dude in, in the couch <laughs> it was like How 10 p.m and we're under guy. a bridge like an underpass and there's just a couch and he's like oh i'm gonna take a seat there's just a dude, <laughs> there's like a dude. i think he, did he sit on it he, he, I, I, he was like i almost he, think he sat on it. i'm pretty sure and he and he just i i remember looking back and, and he just so bad stands up and he he runs he runs, <laughs> he runs so I just sitting on a couch and just hands come up over you <laughs> And he's just like, there was a guy on the couch. Go, go, go. <laughs> Dude, you know what? You know what? I got some, I got some questions, man. Yeah, I go for it. I got some questions. What's like a... So what's like a strange call that you've been on? Like like something something weird. Fire or EMS? But I'm going to go EMS because I feel like there's, there's something weird. Because like I've heard of calls where people get strange, inanimate... Objects stuck up their anuses. Dude, what? <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It's you flinching. Real. Why are you flinching? Ah, uh, he thinks you're about to sock him. I thought you were about to poke me in the I side. I literally barely moved, and Joey's like hopping over. Thinks I'm about to attack him. Uh, I'm trying to think here. I I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I had a lady. Uh, I had a lady grope me on the ambulance. Ooh, what? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get some action on her way to the what? hospital. So yeah, that was interesting. Was, um, she, was she bad? She was 90. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. So that I'll happened. Just let her die. Well, I can't <laughs> legally. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think of like weird stuff. Like there's a lot of gross stuff that happens. Like, dude, be prepared to have people throw up on you. <sighs> be prepared to have okay, like yeah, just expected. like people people shit in their 
blankets and you gotta lift it all up and it just like is gross and disgusting. Yeah. Um I'll I had a I had a patient once uh who and this isn't probably weird or something, but just kind of like an idea. Cause if you're trying to get into it, man, like it's awesome. That's great. But like, be prepared because you're going to, you're going to go through some stuff. I had a guy once who purposely crashed his car into another car doing 140 miles or cl- clicks kilometers, oh. 140 kilometers an hour, purposely crashed his car into another car on a four lane highway. Uh, cause he was trying to kill himself. Uh, he had done a bunch of pills and when I had him on the ambulance, I was with my friend, uh, shout out to Judy, who is my co-paramedic, me and her were always together and, uh, always working together. And, uh, so he was talking about how, how he wanted us to kill him. And I'm like, I'm like, buddy, if I could, I probably would like, you're a piece of shit. What, what, Dude, for what think, happened to the other people? Nothing. Thank God. They were good? Thank God nothing oh, happened. Oh, man. But See, like, that's think a very about selfish way to but like, think go about, out. Yeah, if you're going to commit suicide, go and... like, Don't commit suicide, yeah, number don't. one. Don't do that. But if you're going to do it, don't hurt other people going out. That's not like, fair. That could have been my sister driving down the road and mm-hmm. he crashed into her. That could have been a family with kids. Like Stuff could have happened. And he's like in the ambulance begging me to, for him for me to kill him. And I'm like, dude, just relax, calm down, you know, whatever. And he's like, no, he's like, I purposely crashed my car and all this stuff. And then his daughter came into the ambulance and, and his daughter was like crying and stuff. And, and he's like, and he's like, oh no, like I did on purpose. You guys don't love me anymore. Whatever. Da, 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 da. And so we ended up just loading him up and just heading out. And then, um, and we brought him to the hospital and then from there, the police took him. But on the way to the hospital, he's like, yeah, he's like, I, I'm gonna have I have a rifle I have a 30 odd six at home I'm gonna go shoot my family all this stuff and and me and Judy were just like looking at each other and like I was pretty pissed off and and she wasn't happy about it either and and then and then Judy Judy says something that I'll never forget she's like uh she's like that your daughter that came in here is uh is she like the one that that you still that you still love and the guy just broke down completely and he's like she's like the one who still loves me da 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 whatever and Judy's like, no, like you can, you can change and you can be better and all this stuff. And so they ended up bringing him to rehab. And so no idea whatever happened to him, but I, well, I pray that he's like recovering, n- not like definitely better. And yeah. thank, like, I would say he should be locked up though. Absolutely. hundred percent. If he's yeah. threatening his family. Oh my God. And you're not even like, that you, you, that's what is that? Second or third degree attempted murder. I think it's like third. What's the most common call? Uh, let me guess. Let me guess. Overdoses. No. No? Old people. Old people? Okay. Yeah. Old if, people, they have a lot of... Like, once you're once you're 70... And this is why it's very important to take care of your body. Because once you're, like, 60 or 70, your body just isn't working the way it used to. And so you're susceptible to a lot of different things. You're susceptible to hypertension, so like high blood pressure, diabetes, stuff like that. Most common thing is old people. Um, just old people that, you know, um, their heart medication isn't strong enough for diabetes stuff like that so how many how many help i've fallen and i can't get ups do you get uh (laughs) not a lot okay like kind of like like bullshit calls you mean or like no no no. it's just like the commercial oh (laughs) do you get bullshit calls you get some oh absolutely you get people that just want a free ride to the hospital um and fire calls there's a lot of fire calls 
fire calls, you get more bullshit calls because they just see smoke and they're like, oh, call the fire department. And it's just like, oh, somebody's burning garbage. Or like in Mexico, they're allowed to burn their fields. Yeah. And so they'll set a field on fire. And if they're watching it and they have a permit, they're good. So we can't touch it. Uh, and so we get a lot of calls like that. But hmm. what is there? Is there a decent amount of overdoses? I never had one. No. Uh, I had a guy who drank a whole liter of rubbing alcohol once and down to hat. What? Uh, yeah, he dr- drank a whole liter of rubbing alcohol and uh, like a like a Mickey of tequila chaser. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so he was having a headache <laughs> using uh, tequila as a chaser. Yeah. Um, he was having a headache because <laughs> I talked to somebody. Uh, I talked to a paramedic who. Um, She's a paramedic in Detroit, and she said she gets a lot of overdoses. And she says that when she Narcans them, that, like, she's she's been threatened before with, like, guns, knives. She's, like, some people have tried to fight her, especially when you take away their high. Like, when you Narcan them, they're, like, immediately sober. Mm-hmm. So they come to you, and they want to fight you. And um, uh, she said she figured out, she developed this method where they she... Um, injects the narcan like she will put it in an iv so that they slowly come to and don't immediately try to kill her <laughs> i was just wondering if that's ever happened no a lot of like we'd get a lot of people there drunk like intoxicated people i never had anybody i had a guy on weed once he was uh he was tripping and i don't know what was up with him but yeah he smoked a lot of weed or i don't know what was up and he just came in and wasn't feeling good I was like, man, just chill. Like, you'll be fine. You know, just hang out, eat some food, drink some water. Gotta stay hydrated. Stretch it out, you know. Yeah. You just like, you got that bad, you got that bad trip. You just ride it out till it's over. Yep. You just gotta sit there and breathe and be like, it's gonna end. But dude, it's honestly, it's cool. Like, it's cool if you want to do stuff like that. I think it's awesome. I think more people, I think everybody should just have a basic first aid course and make the world a better place. Um. Because you know what to do in a situation like that. And I think a lot of it is instinct too. You know, oh, you cut yourself. What do you do? Keep keep the red stuff in, you know? Mm. You know, don't bleed. Put pressure on it. Yeah, put pressure on it. You know, put a bandage on it, whatever. Most workplaces actually offer like CPR courses and that kind of thing too, so. CPR. Okay, do you know what your chances are of if if you fall down right here and have a heart attack, like right in front of me, and we have five people here and all the equipment to do advanced life support CPR on you. Like an AED, you got AED, the- I got adrenaline, I got everything. Okay. How about the boosters? Yeah, that's that's, a, that's an AED. Mm-hmm. So I got everything to and I got five people. Do you know what the chances are of me bringing you back? I'm going to let me guess. Let me guess. It's like it's like probably 10%? like 10%. I'm okay. going to guess 6%. No, it's got to be better. I'll guess 15. It's about 11. Ha. Huh. It's about eleven percent. If you fall on the floor, like right here, yeah, it's a it's a lot higher because like your heart still has an electric circuit. But most cases, if a person has a heart attack, by the time you get there, it's about three to five minutes. Like let's just say before the initial start. But by then, dude, you got 10 10 percent chance of bringing people back. Uh, so movies totally make that well, it's which pretty is pretty obvious. But like it, didn't, I've never known it was eleven percent odds. But it's a cool, like, that's that's what bothers me a lot about about CPR training is, like, it's very common. And that's great. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that people should know that. But I think it's way more important to do uh, 
basic rescue courses. Trauma care. Yeah. Trauma care is big. Like if you get an arterial bleed, I like people should, they should have tourniquets on hand. Everywhere. Everywhere. I bought, I did, I did my basic. So for those who don't know what a tourniquet is, maybe. A tourniquet is basically, it's like, um, it's like a strap or a rope, kind of like a belt. It's, even it's, a t-shirt. It's, it's something specifically designed to cut off blood flow to a limb to stop a major bleed. Yeah. Do you guys do challenges on the podcast? We could. Okay. Joey's done this. Joey. Okay, you said a t-shirt. I'm going to prove something here. You can use anything in this room to put a tourniquet on my arm. Okay. okay. And And let's see if it works. Unless you have a tourniquet on you, which would obviously not. I be could I could use this wire there's, right here. There's a whole bit of go for it. Wires over there. There's a bit of wires. Okay. Don't ruin this. You this, I have a belt. You can use my belt too if you want. Yeah, we'll just use your belt. Okay. I'll prove to you that it won't work. <laughs> that it won't work. It will not work. Oh shit. Okay. Hold on. Go quick. Speed run. Just use. You got a minute and thirty seconds. Use a cable from the box. Minute and thirty seconds. Jonah's bleeding out right now. Yeah, we're gonna I'll play some. You, I'll give you my belt to start. Ah, uh, there's blood everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Here's my belt. Joey's got a belt. Minute and thirty seconds, and go. Okay. He's wrapping around Jonah's right arm, right belt. at the top on the bicep. Tight, 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 tight. Okay. I'm gonna go this. He's going way. a double wrap. He's he's really wrapping this belt around Jonah's arm. Triple wrap. You want to go as tight as possible for a tourniquet. Still got a pulse. You still got a pulse? How do you know? You can feel it. Still have a pulse? Yep. Okay, now let it go. Okay. No, but like like fasten it the way you would put it because you can't sit there the whole time and hold a tourniquet for an hour and a half. That's true. You know? Okay. So try to fasten it. Okay. Try to figure out a way to fasten it. Dang. Probably wrap it around and okay. stick it through. I'm recording yeah, this, a, so if you want to watch this, I'll post it up on the Instagram at some point. Ooh, Joey's really trying. Belt. Go for it. No, go for it. It's my uncle's belt, so I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to tie this somehow. Yeah. This is just a lesson that improvised tourniquets do not work. Because look at how long you you took an hour and thirty seconds already, or a minute and thirty seconds. Sorry, if I had an arterial bleed here, I mean on an arm you got more time. You definitely have more time. But the legs are right close. Yeah. Okay, but I'll teach you a life hack. It's easier. It's it's a million times easier to improvise a compressed bandage than a tourniquet. And a compressed bandage uh, will do the exact same yes. thing. Because think about it. Think about it. Now you had to figure out a way because because what you want to do as a rescuer, if I have a gunshot wound, if I have a gunshot wound in my arm and it's actually squirting blood, like it didn't cauterize or anything, and squirting blood, what you want to do is you want to make yourself available to treat as many problems as possible. So for example, there you had that tourniquet, it was tight, but you had to hold it. Yeah. So that puts you useless. You can't do anything else, right? And so it's easier, it's easier to take your t-shirt. Ram it into that gunshot hole. Just ram it in there as like shove it directly. Yeah, in. just get it in there. I know in the military they say in the field a lot of if you got a gunshot wound and you don't have anything else, you just pack it with dirt. I don't know how. Well, if you don't have anything else, yeah. But it's easier to improvise 
a compressed bandage than it is a tourniquet. Because all you got to do is pack it, and then you can take your T-shirt and tie it around that packing. Yeah, that works. You know, that but, would do better than and it would do better belt. than trying to take a long time making an improvised tourniquet. Because if I were to tell you to do an improvised tourniquet on my leg with my belt, it'd be even harder. And it's bigger. Yeah. Okay, what if I had like a rope? Like let's say like 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 five fifty paracord, and I can. The thing is, yeah, but what are the odds like, you have that is, in the situation? Thin. It's too thin. Too thin. It needs to be thicker than yeah, that. It needs to be thicker than that. And so exact and exactly, it's easier to improvise a compressed bandage than mm-hmm. it is to improvise a tourniquet. Which makes sense. And if you look at, you know what's really interesting? If you follow, like, um, if you're following the war in Ukraine right now, um, uh, I, I got this picture the other day. I'm part of, like, this uh, group um, uh, from some of the training I've done. And they sent a, a picture of a guy in. He had three improvised tourniquets on his arm and four improvised tourniquets on his leg. And he died. From, from bleeding out. From bleeding out. Mm. Oh, my gosh. So it's very important if you have tourniquets, make sure you get good ones that are certified. I have nothing as tourniquets. Dude, I have two in my bag. I have one in my truck all the time. When I go running, I have a tourniquet on me. I always have a tourniquet close by. But the thing is, if you go into like a store, you don't need a tourniquet because why? Because you have like a million things you can make an improvised compressed bandage out of. You know, and you're, you're always, always and you're always wearing a shirt. You're always wearing a shirt, and I always have a belt on, so I can really easily just take my shirt off. Do you think an improvised bandage works better than an actual certified tourniquet? No, because with tur- like with a tourniquet, you can you can definitely but um, like you walk around with a tourniquet in my bag. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of other people don't, right? So yeah. I think it's good to know that you need a compressed bandage. You know, yeah. you, you know how fast you bleed out if you have a femoral bleed? I've could, seen I've seen a little bit of minute, an actual minute and twenty seconds. Is it a minute? <sighs> like I think at ma- like there's people that have lit survived longer, but it is it's like within a minute. Within a minute, yeah. twenty seconds you pass out. That's crazy because the first thing I think of when I think of like you need to like stop blood, I think you need to put like a shirt around the arm and like tighten it like yeah just a shirt most likely it won't do so that's just but like notice how like it was difficult putting that belt on yeah right like it took time like okay you got to have a belt and and there's certain belts that work differently because you get the rescue belts and stuff and and you could probably get it i honestly think it would have been a little bit easier if it was a rope but like you said it would have been too thin it's too thin yeah what's why is that like couldn't it still cut off your blood flow what it's gonna it's gonna damage your yeah it could probably still but the thing is, it's just like 550 paracord. Yeah. That thin. It's like a quarter inch, right? Not even. Yeah, it is less. But is it, it wouldn't it be better than bleeding out? Probably, but the nerve damage and all that stuff. Or could That's you why like- you want that. That's why tourniquets are so wide. It has to be. There's like this uh, TCCC, like tactical, casualty, or tactical combat casualty care. They certify tourniquets. And mm-hmm. it has to be within a certain width or else they don't certify it. No, I've heard. As life-saving quality. I've heard of uh, tourniquets causing uh, people to have amputations. Is that the reason? It's because if they leave it on for, I think it's like more than an hour and a half. Yeah, because then you have no blood going to your... Yeah, because you have no blood going to your uh, extremity. And then what's a big thing too is like when you... um, When you put on a tourniquet, like you have to take it off. And what happens sometimes is you can get like the blood clots where the Mm -hmm. tourniquet... And so you have to be really be careful that... That when you when you take that tourniquet off, that those blood clots don't go, or that there are no blood clots. There has to be like there's a whole procedure. Because can it c- couldn't it go through like to your heart? Yep, exactly. And give you a heart attack. So you, 
to get rid of that, do you have to like massage it down to you would thin like, it out again? You probably like use saline. You'd you'd uh, blood use thinners, some med- medications to, to get that rolling. Okay. So in the case of someone getting shanked, like they have a knife like <laughs> lodged in them somewhere. Don't take the knife. Don't out. pull it out, right? Nope. Don't so that's that's accurate. Yeah. Well, because you're it's it it's acting as your patched it's a plug. Like your it's a bandage, plug. right? So yeah. And if you pull it out, they can it can get infected very easily. Uh. One time, I had a guy stabbed himself twice in the stomach. Oh, <laughs> this so, is what I was laughing at just earlier. And uh, you were laughing about a guy stabbing himself. That's this is hilarious. Funny. This, this is funny. So, uh, <laughs> okay. again, it was me and my uh, coworker Judy. Uh, we get all we had all the fun calls, and uh, so we had just gotten back from a call, and we just switched off another ambulance. There was an ambulance that had this guy. They already had him. They had picked him up, and so they already put a bandage on him and everything. So I jump on the back. It's me and Judy in the back and uh, and two other two other paramedics. And uh, we we get to the or so I'm doing like the whole thing, you know, going through him, checking him out. And so I notice he's got like one like upper right quadrant, one like lower left. That's two in the core. Wounds. Two stab wounds about three centimeters deep. So like uh, probably like half your pinky deep. Oh, that ain't that ain't bad. That's what they told us. And so we get to the hospital. And uh, we're waiting for the doctor and we just got him on the stretcher. And I'm talking to this guy the whole time, you know, we're talking to him and okay. Hey, like, how are you doing? Like, you feeling good? Yeah. He's feeling good. He was talking to me the whole time. You know, he's doing good. I'm like, you had a couple beers. Like, yeah, I had a couple beers, all the stuff, got drunk, you know, got into a fight with my girlfriend, da, 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 stabbed myself. Okay. (laughs) Typical Sunday, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the doctor comes up and the doctor's like, uh, what do you guys got? Like, what kind of patient you guys got? And so uh, go over the thing, da, da 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 male patient, this and this old, you know, he's got two stab wounds, self-inflicted. The guy's like, self-inflicted? He's like, yeah. And he's like, let me see him. And I'm like, I pull the bandage up. Doctor literally takes a glove, doesn't skip a beat, sticks his finger right in the, just <laughs> oh, right in the, <laughs> and like the one had like a little, like a thing of intestine sticking out. Dude. Right in the other one, just like straight in. And, it, and the guy just like... <laughs> The guy is like laying on the stretcher and he grabs like both of the rails and just like he doesn't scream, but you could tell like he had never been in more pain in his life. And I'm just like standing there <laughs> wide eyed. I look over at Judy, I'm like, what just happened? And and this dude is just like laying on the ground, just like <laughs> or on the stretcher. And I'm like, and the doctor just like straight in, his index finger goes all the way in. And he's like, Yep, you hit the liver, we're gonna have to do surgery. Takes his glove out, takes his glove off. And just goes over and starts getting his surgery room ready. And this guy just like looks at me with like wide eyes. I'm like, sorry, bro. Like, that's what that, you get for stabbing yourself. Up, that would not be up to code, I don't think, in Canada, but oh. only in Mexico. Dude. You know what? He'll he'll know not to stab himself again. He'll just, that pain will flashback. But man, you want to prove a point to your girl, you got to stab yourself. Kind of respect it. Oh man, that, that's that's kind of the funniest thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, I gotta I gotta pee. Can we pause this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. we're back. Okay, so I got a question for you. Go. So you said you like to be prepared. You got your tourniquet on you. You got a turn tourniquet in your bag. What's what 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 does your my EDC you, look like? Yeah, what does your EDC look like? And what does your do you have like a like a overnight bag or like a like a long-term bag like a day pack or something that you got prepared you EDC know? by the way is an everyday carry yeah 
All right, that's a good question. Like a shit hits the fan. Oh man, I love I love gear. Gear nine. Me too. I absolutely love it. Um, so I got a couple different things. So I learned this, and this is like a thing that I never really considered. But your vehicle is a part of your gear. That's true. Your vehicle, use it. And so, so like I always carry, like I have it on me. Like I always have my multi tool. Always got it. Is that Gerber or is that a Leatherman? Gerber. I liked it because it has like the clip. I don't like the pouch. Um, I know like people are big Leatherman fans and stuff, but I like this use. I bought my buddy the same one, and that's a really good. I bought it for him for Christmas. I ha- I don't have one yet. I have yet to get a really good multi tool. I like this one because it's got the clip, like because you don't have to carry the pouch. Because I know a lot of people have the Leatherman and they put it in the pouch and stuff. And it's a little bit bigger, a little bit bulkier, but this one fits in. Like I have a minimalist wallet, just like the card carrier, fits in right there. Um, I have it at me on me all the time and people make fun of you for it like i had it i pulled it out at work the other day to use like the pliers and they're like oh dude you have a multi-tool i'm like yeah and literally five minutes later it's like buddy can i can i borrow that yeah 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 here you go (laughs) um so i have that i always have that on me um and that's kind of like my first line of defense uh i used to always carry um like a tourniquet or something on me i've kind of slipped away from that because kind of like i said you can, because I have a belt, and you can you can improvise like a compressed bandage. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty easy. If I was in Mexico, uh, and I'd be wearing a jacket, I'd have, and especially like the way things were lately, I'd always have a tourniquet in my jacket. Like always have a couple things like that. Um, and then my main line of defense is in my is in my truck. So I got my bag. Um, I have like my complete uh, medical kit. Um, I can do needle chest decompressions. I can do chest seals. I can do um, I can't do IVs or anything like that. Um, I don't have anything for that right now. Um, but I have like all my stuff for basic first aid, all my stuff for like advanced care. I have all that in my bag. You can check it out later if you want. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm interested in that for sure. And then I got like a like just a basic toolkit, some wrenches and and stuff like that. I always have a hoodie. Always have a hoodie in the truck. Um, and then at home I have, <clears throat> so I don't have like a a go bag. But I have all of my stuff divided up. So I have one box that has all my gear in it. Like mm-hmm. everything I have. And it's like right with my backpacks and stuff. So if I do need to dip like now, I can just grab that bag and I have like my swim gear. I got my, um, I got like all the rest of my medical stuff, like enough for suturing and everything. Um, I have so like my backpacks, which like are my prized possessions. Um, like I got all that for clothes and stuff like I don't know. Like I always have like a pair of hiking shoes and stuff I can just throw in the truck. And in, um, in my mind, if it's like clothes or something, just put like a pair of clothes on. I yeah, mean, you'll be fine. I'd grab my vest though. Oh, you have like a like a bulletproof vest. Oh hell yeah, that's cool. Those are gonna help you in a like a. I got like my bag is like a shit hits the fan bag. Like if like we get like if if the grid goes down. I have yet to get a little bit more detailed with my medical supplies. I just got like a basic first aid or first aid bag in my, like just one I bought that was like fully stocked, which I don't like because I want to be more personalized with Mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. That way it's like more useful to you. Um, But I got like, I got like three different filters in there, water filters. Um, My mom's into freeze drying stuff. I want to put some freeze dried stuff that's uh, in there. I got like a, like a survival knife. That uh, is pretty nice. It's mm, very cool. nice. And it's like you can like open up the handle. It's got gear in there, but it's not like those shitty ones where it's like the hollow handle. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
So it's not one of those. It's like a full tang and it's like put in between, like there's laser cuts in between the tang and it fits in the like handle. I don't, I would, I wouldn't, I'd have to show you to like explain okay. it. That's cool. Yeah. And some basic fishing gear. Like I said, first aid kit. And then I got my uh, airsoft gun, you know. That's cool. I'm kind of in the middle of building mine right now because, like, when I lived in Mexico, like, that's only, like, two months ago. So I had mine set there. Um, and I had, like, I had a shotgun. I had a, I had a, a revolver, 9 mil, And I had a couple different guns and stuff and a lot of ammo, you know, just ready to if I need it. Um, and just, like, my gear bag, like, ready to go. Always had a backpack, like, set, ready to go. Extra pair of clothes, my first aid kit, everything, so I could just throw it all in and be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of, like, in the middle of setting up one right now. And I kind of want to – it's good that you mentioned, like, freeze-dried food. Dude, food's important. And I know there's, like, a couple websites where you can buy, like, a whole stockpile of, like, a three-month supply yeah. of food, which I think is cool. Like, if – especially, like, you never know. And, and COVID really taught us all that. I think if you didn't mm-hmm. see that through COVID – Food's important, but what's more food? Like, hey, I feel like food is easier to, like, let's just say you, I don't know, the grid goes down, you don't got running water, everything, like, utilities are are gone. I mean, that's pretty unlikely. Even if the grid, power grid would shut down, I think your water would still work. But if, I think water's more important. Yeah. So water filters, knowing how to properly get safe water by, like, boiling it, disinfecting it with, like... You can get like uh, tablets that you drop in water, purifies it. Those are great. Or ferrocinian rod is amazing. A ferro rod is amazing for having in your pack rather than lighter than a lighter. Because if you know how to use it, I can light. I can, I could guarantee you, I could probably light a fire faster than you guys with a ferro rod. Like just shoot sparks than you guys could with a lighter. If you Probably. give me some time to like put a little bit of bundle, a bundle together, I got that. Garbage bags are super useful. Um, always have five fifty paracord. Yeah, all the time. I always have webbing, like tubular webbing. I always have a couple of projects, a couple of carabiners, stuff like that. No, I'm curious. You guys have these? Like, I don't have an EDC. Um, I'm curious how how much practice do you guys do with the equipment that you have? Do you know how to? competently use everything that's in the bag my feral rod yes my i i am very very confident in purifying water i don't put anything in my bag that i don't know how to use um so i'll I'll have some gear that i'm like looking at like i have some stuff that i'm looking at right now and i'm like oh that'd be kind of cool to get you know but i'm not going to put it in my bag if i don't know how to use it because, dude, I've been in those situations before where either you don't have gear or you have gear that you're like, oh, what am I supposed to use this for? And it's not a fun feeling at all. And so I think it's important, um, yeah, to have gear with you that you feel comfortable with, that you've used, that you've used to like either on hikes, camping trips, you know, stuff that you feel comfortable with and you know how to use. So somewhat, at least somewhat practice with the stuff that you got. Yeah. One thing that I like that I carry all the time, like with one of those ferro sticks or whatever, Mm -hmm. I always have like a little magnesium bar. Yeah, those are amazing. So I can shave off a little magnesium right in there and and that thing will last you. And it's got the ferro bar attached. Yeah. Magnesium is just to assist in the lighting and magnesium burns real, real hot. So that's that's a great way to start firing. This whole prepping in everyday carry, this is very uncommon knowledge. I, I didn't know how big of a thing this was. Like, I feel like most people are just... Like, in myself included, 
no preparation. Like I have no, I have nothing prepared in case of a huge like global catastrophe. I don't think it's so much a, in case of a huge global catastrophe. I think it's just in case someone needs help. I think that's where mm. you start. Just start with that. Just carry a knife, like not to f- go stab people. Like no, not you don't use it for that. But like, how often are you like breaking down boxes and you're like just hitting it and pe- peeling the table off, dude? Just pull out your knife and just choop choop, and you're done. Like, yeah, way faster. It, it, Trust it's, me, it's, I've it's cut efficient. lots of boxes. Yeah, and like, how often do you need a, a knife just to? Oh, hey, I just got to cut this one thing, and that's why I always have like a multi tool because I use pliers a lot and it's got like little scissors on it and a screwdriver and stuff. And it's like, oh, I gotta quickly do this. And instead of having to go get a screwdriver and all that stuff, just like, and and to have that mentality of, and this is going to sound like really like, oh, I'm Joe Rogan, but like to kind of be like the mentality of like being like a sheepdog, you know? And I'm, I know I'm not like just the the best sheepdog. I know I'm not, I know I'm not the best in the world, but Hey, you know what? I'm trying and I'm working on it and I'm getting better. So you can't hate on me. And so I think it's important that, you know, you have that mentality of like, okay, like have the mentality. This is how I learned it. Dude, I, I haven't always been this way. Like I've only recently become like this. Having the mentality of one word. And that one word is, can you guess it? Community. Dude, be that guy in the community that when shit hits the fan. Oh, I'm going to call Joey because, you know, he's got you a survival have- kit and he's got acres of crown land where we can go hunting and that's where i'd way rather be instead of the chinese running around all over ruthven (laughs) (laughs) dude you know how many people have told me like a lot of people have told me that if stuff goes down they're immediately coming to my house dude i've had a lot of people and also it's just since i was like very little i've always been terrified of everything I've, I've, i've said that on here before always terrified of everything and I developed this mentality of trying to be prepared very early. I'm not, like I said, like same as you, I'm not the best at it. I still have, I still want to make a car bag. I still have to work on like EDC. I'm not too amazing with that because I forget to carry stuff with me. Right. But I still have it in my house. And I would hate to be in a situation where my family needs help or something. Like where it would be like a serious situation and I wouldn't be able to do anything. You know what I mean? So being prepared is a really good idea. And it, you just start small. Just buy some extra canned, like have some extra emergency food. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or like I, I, I think like way ahead. So I'm, I'm just like I got that vest. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, and also I've just bought it because I think it's cool, right? But you Dude, know, you'd be dripped out in the apocalypse. That's what I'm saying. Which could actually be a bad thing because if you are super dripped out and you show you're dripped you out, a target. you are immediately a target. Yeah. Mm. My buddy actually has this thing, uh, which actually could apply to this too. It's four P's. It's uh, uh, preparation prevents poor performance. And also it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. That's another yeah. good one. Absolutely. When you buy it, you hope you never have to use it. But also it'd be really cool if you got to use <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, I seen this post and I was like, every guy has had this thought. It's like this dude, like it's like a picture of this guy who's like sitting and he's got like an like a AK draped over his uh, knees, and it says, "Every dude has had that masculine dream where an enemy is coming to attack your family and you send them off and you're staying back to fight them." I'm just like. Yep. 
Yeah, you're like you're like the first line of defense or something. I'm just like It's like a video game you're blasting through everybody. But it probably wouldn't be like that. <laughs> really, you just get shot pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> just a straight head shot from a mile away from some guy. Some Thirty sniper. seconds in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get that fifteen second dopamine rush of masculinity. Yeah. The music starts playing ACDC Thunderstruck. Yeah, it doesn't even get to the chorus. <laughs> it doesn't even, the lyrics don't even start yet. It's just the intro. Dude, that's probably, like, I bet that, like, if I, have you ever seen those videos? Like, they, they, um, like those military videos of the infrared cameras with the guys and the gunship. There's, like, a group of dudes and they just start blasting the gunship and they're just immediately vaporized. Yep. Just. Dude, I did that in Call of Duty. Yeah. I had, like, a. So it's real. A little game on my phone. <laughs> a little game on my phone where you had the infrared camera and you had to kill zombies. Okay. You were an AC-130. Yeah, an AC-130. <laughs> a, a gunship. You were in a gunship. Yep. That's sick. You know what I think every prepper needs? An A-10 Warthog. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? If the government can own it, so should we. <laughs> yeah. Dude, AR-15s are sick. Like, you know. Can you legally own one? Not here. I don't think so. No, you can't own one. They banned them over here. But you can still get, quote unquote, military style weapons. I hate that. It's so bullshit. That saying. Even so calling bullshit. An, an, Dude, a the rifle an AR, like calling it an assault rifle. Like the word assault, that's literally indoctrination. That's like in our brains. When we think AR, it's literally assault, which means like. You're out here to kill like someone. hurting something. Yeah. Hurting someone. Rifle. Why isn't it just called a. R15. Bro, I can assault you with a frozen water bottle, okay? <laughs> yeah. Aquafina, your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, what are you saying? Uh, a, like, did you get to shoot any out in Mexico? ARs? Did Dude, you have- I love guns, man. I, I, I'm working on... Okay, so my pal got expired, but I got to redo that. And What's that? My uh, personal... What is it? You can, my you can acquire license. a light, yeah. like a gun. So I got to redo that, but... Uh, do you need a guy? We'll talk about that after. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I, dude, I love guns. I've, oh, I've loved guns ever since I was a kid. Um, in Mexico, I had a, had a shotgun, 12 gauge, short barrel, uh, like a tactical. Do you? It remember? had a full stock, so I didn't. Um, was it a Remington? Okay, so it's really hard to buy guns in Mexico. Okay. So anything I got was like kind of like under the table, like black market kind of deal. Okay. Allegedly. Um, yeah, allegedly. Uh, so like, so like a, a a shotgun that would go for five hundred bucks over here goes for like a thousand two hundred dollars over there, and so you kind of just take what you can get unless you have the money to buy like a Glock, like a nine mil Glock, brand new, goes for a thousand five hundred dollars out there. Dang, you know what? They were actually going that they like over here, but when they were about to be banned, they were getting that expensive. Um, I bought a couple airsoft guns before the ban, right? Mm-hmm. And um. There was one that I had that I got um, that tripled in price for what I paid for it. People it's were like selling investing it. in stocks. <laughs> Absolutely. Guns are a really safe investment. Literally investing in stocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was laughter. It's a knee slapper. <laughs> it was going cr- like going crazy. And then there was this threat of a semi-auto ban that was gonna that they were gonna implement. 
And like it started to happen all over again. I started seeing websites being like, get get them while you can, because it and they already banned the handguns. So why wouldn't they ban the semi-automatics? So it's funny how primal people get when something's like getting taken away, yeah. like, like toilet even paper. during COVID. Yeah, like <laughs> toilet paper or certain things. Like the second it's a hot item, people want it. Yeah. So weird. So what what about specifically about ARs? Because personally, I'm not a huge fan of the AR platform. I've never shot one. I've never held one. But I've done a lot of research. And there's a lot of guns that I would take over an AR. Yeah. I think it's because you can get the ammunition relatively easily. Especially okay. in Mexico, it's really easy to come by. They're super customizable. That's true. Um, so that, you can do a lot with it. Lots of parts. Um, also, another big thing was... I don't know. I just... Like, you could get an AK... Or you could get like an M4 or an M16 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, just an AR, you know, you can put like I, like my gunsmith, the guy who like fixed all my guns and stuff, he'd put like a little thing in it. It's like fully automatic. And so you have fully automatic AR-15 and you can get super cheap ammunition. And so like, why wouldn't you? And the thing is, they're not, they weren't as expensive as other guns. And so, for example, you could get an AR for, you know, whatever price. And any other, uh, like, assault-style rifle would be twice that. Because the availability for them in the States or anywhere around the States, there's so many of them. And that's why there's a bunch of parts. That's why it's super customizable because pretty much every single gun store across the States is just AR-15. Exactly. Um, I have a buddy in the States. Like, I shot his AR, and it's just a, it's a really nice gun to shoot. Obviously, you're not going to use it, like... If you're in Ukraine, probably not because it's not a fully automatic, like doesn't come from the factory fully automatic. And even if you would make it fully automatic, you probably want like, I don't know, maybe like a scar, you know, something a little bit heavier. I, I want a gas operated system. They're a gas operated? A gas operated firearm, which a scar is. Mm-hmm. Scars are gas operated. They're just a lot more reliable. Like uh, from what I know, they're more reliable and they're just a, a time tested, tried and true firearm system that's what the ak's use they they got a gas operated system that's what the sks use and they're known for being stupidly reliable firearms now i'm curious uh gas operated i don't know anything about this is is the gas also like something that you have to interchange as you're using it it uh it 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 functions based off the gas that is emitted from the cartridges being fired versus like a spring yeah, yeah, I see. I see. That makes yeah. sense. So, like a spring would just be like a reciprocation, you know? Where it's, it's almost self-propelled off of the off the ammunition, then. Yeah, kind of. Dude, but even having an AK forty-seven, like an AK forty-seven, it's not going to break on you ever. Probably, you can throw it in the lake and pull <laughs> it out, and it will it will still shoot. You know, that's what Russia is using, like or, you know, like yeah, they're using like AK twelves and stuff like that, right? AK seventy four, I believe. AK twelve. Uh, I think the AK-12M, or is it the 11M? I don't know. But anyway, guns are fun, and handguns are Yeah, Trudeau. <laughs> like them. But the thing is, if you have a legit AK, 5.56 is so much better than 7.62. 7.62 is a big... So many people listening are going to be so lost. It's just, it's just the size <laughs> Sorry, of the guys. ammunition. Yeah, yeah. So a 7.62 is a lot bigger than a 5.56, and 5.56 is what... Typical Air 15 shoot. Typical AKs shoot something called a 7.62 by 39. They drop like a rock. They just drop like a rock. Too heavy. Yeah, and AKs are typically a lot more... I think I've said typically like a thousand times. But anyway, 
they're less accurate than like an AR-15. They have a lot of recoil, right? Uh, no, not really. Well, an SKS shoots the same round. I don't know. Maybe an AK is lighter. So depending on how heavy it is, the recoil can be different. But uh, like out of an SKS, the recoil is not bad at all. Okay. Unless you're a really small, meager person. Hmm. Now I'm, I'm curious now. Um, I have a AR-15 airsoft rifle at home. It's full metal. It looks legit. Uh, it even has like a slide in the back. Now, if somebody came into my house, it would definitely threaten them if I just pulled this thing on them because it looks legit. Um, would it be more threatening if I just came out looking like I'm ready? Or would it be more threatening if I popped the uh, uh, magazine in, pulled a slide back, made the, all those sounds? It depends on the person that's in your house, dude. It's It entirely depends on... See, you know how there's people that say... Oh, just buy a pump action 12 gauge because if somebody breaks in your house, just rack it once and they're going to be running. It's one of the <laughs> stupidest things ever. <laughs> it is so dumb. They could fire back. If they have a firearm or a weapon or if they're on drugs, see, people are unpredictable. Somebody is in your house, you don't know who that person is. Even if they're unarmed, they might run at you. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? No, you have to shoot them. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and if you pump that shotgun, you comp- you tactically give away your position. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like from a tactical standpoint, it is the stupidest thing to just be like, "Oh, somebody broke in my house. I'm going to make sure they hear this." You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, if you are a generally intelligent person, you're probably going to leave the house. What if right? I'm on a second floor? On a second floor. Jump See, onto the shed. In Canada, it's a little bit different because you can get screwed if you like attempt to defend yourself with lethal force. So even just any force really, right? Yeah. I mean, it all depends on the situation because it's still going to court and there have been people that have won cases in Canada that have shot people in defense. It, they, they have won it. So it is possible, but they recommend like if you go into a gun course when asked that question, I've been told that they recommend that you hide and call the police and wait for the police. But the thing is, the police, um, I did a whole project on this. Average response time is between, I think, 8 and 12 minutes. Yeah. That's average. I live out in the middle of nowhere. That takes 20 minutes to drive yeah, you'll there. be Dude, a lot of shit can happen in 8 minutes. Mm-hmm. I think with defense, you can defend yourself with an opportunistic item. So, like, what that means is if you just have this tool that happened to be beside you, you can use that in defense. But if you had, like, an actual, like, gun, then then you can't... It does The defense doesn't work the same in that sense. But, like, what I mean is, like, you have, like, a kitchen knife. Someone's coming at you. You quickly grab it. It's an opportunistic weapon. It's just right there. It was in, it, You just, out of defense, you did it. And you shank him with it. In that case, you're fine. You just need a gun for every room. Yeah. Oh, it's just <laughs> it was just opportunistic. There's people like that. There's actually people like that that have like a gun in like every room. It's like, mm. but I feel like a gun still like, yeah, it wouldn't work because technically, if you have guns out, they have by Canadian law, they have to be stored locked away, locked up, and separate from ammo. So the odds of you having a loaded gun no. is totally not opportunistic. I, you always keep one in the chamber. That is such a bad idea. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> no, you can legally have loaded mags with your gun together. You can have a loaded mags. You can have the ammo together as long as they're in a case, like, or in a safe. 
You can have ammo and a gun in the safe. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue that. Probably. I'm I'm almost certain. I'm almost I feel certain. like what I a big takeaway from when I did the gun course is you can't have them together. No, no. If you have them together, you have to have them locked up. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you can keep a gun loaded though. That's no. that that I don't think so. No, that's stupid. But you can have like a loaded magazine if the magazine is separate from the gun. That you can do, but the you magazine. can't have it in the gun. No. Not, so you, not, not that I know. And of. you can have your gun around loose. You just can't have the ammo around. Because hmm. people, because you can legally. I was in the course in November, and they said you can legally have a shotgun displayed on the dash of your car. As long as there's no, like, your ammo's locked up, that's totally legal. Yeah, you're going to flag, like, everybody that sees it, but it's technically legal. And it's... As long as when you park the vehicle, you put it away, that you hide it. But it can be on your dash while you're driving. That's legal in Canada. The people don't know that, though. Hmm. So would you have to carry the ammunition in a safe in that case? Yes, or in, like, a... Lockbox. A lockbox, yeah, that's what it was. I wish we had concealed carry. That'd be so dope. But people people that have the ability to do concealed carry, a lot of them don't actually. What would you carry? Me? Yeah. What I would carry? Like, I would carry an RPG. (laughs) (laughs) Just buddy walking around with a tank in his pants. Yeah, he's just gonna go (laughs) telling everybody's blessed down there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I gotta think about this. I gotta think about this. For me, it'd just be a standard Glock 19. Nice old Glock 19. P1911. P1911. Would you carry a, 30, uh, a 45 or a 9mm? 9mm. 9mm. I can fit more rounds. Well, now these days... You can, they double, got the stack, double, you can double stack 45. Yeah, they got the double stack. But also, the, like, you're reducing the recoil, muzzle flip. Well, I don't know. It all depends on the gun. There's like different guns got er- different ergonomics and different weights. But if I were to carry a gun, I would want something light and probably just a like a polymer um, striker fire pistol. Something lightweight. Yeah, I, like, I'd say like carry something light and have something heavy in the truck. I would probably. I honestly would 100 percent probably just choose a Glock 19, like a Glock 19, Glock 17, or. FN 509s are a beautiful pistol. They're a really nice pistol. Or you could choose like a, a FN, SIG. an FN 5.7. SIGs are nice. I'm so like out of this conversation at this point. <laughs> Dude. You guys are just like... We gotta stop you guys talking just, about guns. You guys are just throwing random ones we're, together. Uh, we're getting... Uh, we're boring all the female listeners. The whole 30%. The yeah. whole 1%. How many... It's, okay, actually, your, it's actually it's, about 30%. It's, it's really? a 70 yeah. to 30 ratio, yeah. Nice. Nuts. Hey, you never know. Maybe some chicks are into guns. You can my, be into guns, wife, but like my wife you're going would like love to shoot guns. Nine seven four B. No one's like, yeah, that's yeah. a good gun, dude. <laughs> There's that one guy from Alabama. Listening. <laughs> the one guy is like, yeah. But you know what? I think to end this off, I didn't forget. I want you to do. Your, <laughs> I want you to do your bit, oh. man. You got to do your bit. You had a comedy bit that yeah that so, came to mind very quickly. So obviously, it's good. Like I said, I write down stuff that I find funny. Yeah, yeah um, we'll be your audience. But see, the thing is, it's very unnatural just being like, oh, hey, guys, I'm going to say something funny now. Yeah, but you that's know? what stand-up like, is, dude. You know, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what stand-up is. Um, Pretend that we're your audience. Uh, so just about to say it's completely unnatural. You may bomb this. Yeah, oh, I'll definitely bomb <laughs> this. This is a joke that I've wanted to say for, like, this is a, a thing. I want to do another open mic. Not because I'm. I think I'm an amazing comedian. No, by no means. I just think it's fun. Do they have um, that around here? Amazing comedians. 
I Windsor. mean, like, just, oh, like, stand up. Yeah, there's one. If you're doing it, let, let us know. We'll come. Watch me bomb. And then we'll boo you. <laughs> <laughs> you drive home with the same car. <laughs> uh, just like every good friend should. Um, so a big thing, too, is, like, recognizing funny stuff. Like, when other people say it, and I'll always be cool about it. Like, hey, could I, uh, can I use that or can I write that down? Um, and sometimes what I like doing is just kind of throwing a setup out there and seeing what happens. Um, so, uh, yeah, this joke was, uh, I, I came up with the setup and a friend of mine had the punchline and just a beautiful punchline. Um, and, uh, uh, so yeah, I found out that, uh, in the Super Bowl. so what they do is they have like the two teams yeah. and they make hats for both teams if they win. Okay, so if like the Rams are playing the Packers, uh, they bo- they both have Packers Super Bowl champion and Rams, you know, whatever. But what they do with the leftover ones is they send them to Africa. <laughs> That's already funny. Yeah, I I hope they taste good. <laughs> Dude, I'm so stupid. I'm still processing that one. Yeah. You hope they taste good. Damn. Send the leftovers. Send the leftover <laughs> hats to Africa. I bet they taste good. Have you ever been there? <laughs> Dude, I'm so stupid. I don't get it. Do you get it? I get it now. <laughs> it is not. I cannot figure out how that. Leftovers. No, I get the leftovers, but. The leftover hats get sent they, to Africa. They sent to Africa. So they're eating hats? That's a joke? Yeah. <laughs> I hope they taste good. Because like, like the joke is always that oh, there's, okay. well, there's the, starving kids in Africa. But like you think about it, you know, like like <laughs> like there's Wi-Fi, okay? Like like they have Wi-Fi in Africa. Like I'm sure they have Wi-Fi. Dude, in there's Africa. some like they're, modern yeah. cities. Pe- people think Sterling. You know what's so stupid? Everybody, when they mention Africa, they mention it as if it's a one country. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, you know how many countries are in Africa? <laughs> But, like, they have Wi-Fi there. So, like, they've seen probably, like, those videos of eating competitions, you know, like. There's also white people there. Yeah. That's messed South up. Africa has, like, a big percent of white people. Yeah. Dude, yeah. how is it that they're that sophisticated that they can develop Wi-Fi, but they can't develop, like, food? food. Yeah. <laughs> food yeah, but, dude, the stuff that we know about Africa is so stereotyped. Like, they yeah. say if you actually go there, it's very normal. I, yeah. I got Free a hats. <laughs> Free hats for everyone. Leave Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> That's never uh, happening. They didn't even. They didn't in even, Africa, they didn't happened. even make those hats. Yeah, not the Stanley Cup playoffs. Leafs suck. I love the Leafs, but do you they want, suck. Do you want another joke? Because you didn't get that one. I got it. I actually got it. I just was like, man, am I missing something? Because it took a bit to process. It, it took me a minute too. I figured it out. Same. I just thought that I was missing something because you can't eat a hat. I was like. Do they send that other team over that they hope they taste good? But I was really processing that one, man. I have a buddy from Africa, and he, uh, you can, I want to hear this joke. Go, keep, finish your story. Okay. Anyway, we went to a restaurant, and then, dude, I was stuffed. And, like, I had just, like, a couple leftover fries. I was just, like, I just couldn't. And he was, like, looking at me. He's looking at the fries. He's like, come on, man. You know how many starving kids there are in Africa? <laughs> Dude, and, and like you're not eating your fries, and I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I started eating my fries. He's like, I was kidding. He was like, I was kidding. Don't actually eat the fries, dude. I, I felt like I was about to burst. You should have gave them to him. 
Here. <laughs> Here, bring this to your cousin. <laughs> Put it in a bag. Freeze dry it. <laughs> what is Freeze this, dried some... French fries. Yeah. Oh, add a little bit of water. Do they have water there? I don't know. <laughs> this should last your family about a month. <laughs> you can take a break from hunting lions and baboons. Here's some French fries. <laughs> you had a second bit. Yeah, like, I got to oh, hear yeah. bit. Um, See if I'm still read. stupid. Okay, um, I don't even know if this is fun. I just thought this was interesting. Oh, fine. We'll find out. You ever wonder why they like label top secret folders top secret? Like, why wouldn't you just name it like, I don't know, like, uh, like foot fungus photos. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you just like name it that? But like, you know, like there'd be that one guy at the like the CIA headquarters, like going mm. through the filing cabinet and be like, oh, interesting. Foot fungus photos. You know, I'm feeling a little bit. I'm going to take this folder to the bathroom and it's like the plans to invade Iraq. You know, it's like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> well, this is That's gay. actually pretty good. That, that, that one was funny. <laughs> I like that one. When I went to New York, one that I found was interesting, but also pretty funny. They're like, how do the people that make Vaseline, how do they make money? Because nobody buys Vaseline. They just have it. Like it just, it gets passed down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No one actually goes and purchases it. Yeah. It's passed down from like great grandparents. And I thought about it. I've never once purchased Vaseline, but I've I've used it in random scenarios. I also have <laughs> used it on burns. It's nice. Yeah. I actually have it in my survival pack. Put it it's in your EDC. Very flammable. Right, we're going back to guns. <laughs> it's very flammable. You gotta do it. You got a gun bit? I don't. Maybe I do. But yeah, like I said, dude, I just like writing funny stuff down. You know, and I think everybody kind of has their thing that you do just because you enjoy it, not necessarily because you're good at it. Um, but yeah, I feel like they'd be really stressful though doing like stand up. I feel like I couldn't do it and just constantly have because if I don't, if I stuff. do a joke that I'm like excited about and nobody were to laugh, dude, that would suck. Yo, I had that, a joke. That, that's when you just slap your own knee and walk away, chuckling to yourself. <laughs> I, cre- I created my own joke. And it was actually really good, and I can't remember what it was. And I told my br- my brother about it. Ah, I'm gonna have to ask him what it is because it was. I thought it was phenomenal. I was like, I have to remember this. You know that song? How Baby recently? Right how recently down. did he <laughs> take a little note? Did you Did you tell him this joke, dude? I think I've told you this joke. Yeah. Would he remember if you said, "Hey, what's that one joke that I kept repeating?" Man. I'm gonna have to call him. I'll call him on the pod right now. Call him on the pod right now. Okay, you guys talk. I'm calling him. I think that repetition is hilarious. Like if you just, it's funny for a little bit, and then it's not funny anymore, and then it just goes on for far too long, and then it becomes funny again because it's just gone on for far too long. Like that Peter Griffin. (laughs) (sighs) Oh yeah. That's, hey guys, guys, I think I'm calling him. That starts to piss me off. Oh, holy, it's That's loud. There, eh? That's loud. Hopefully we didn't just absolutely destroy Yes, sir. Hey, Justin, can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yo. Yo. Can you hear us talk? Yeah. Hey, do you remember that one joke that I kept, that I was telling you? The one that I came up with? Can you remember what it was? Um, that you, uh, what is it? 
you can't come into work because or something about erectile dysfunction why you can't come into work. <laughs> oh by the way justin oh, you're yeah. live on the podcast dude yeah i figured it out i figured it out yeah yeah you're literally live on the podcast <laughs> you can't Thank come you. into work okay. yeah. erectile <laughs> i gotta figure it out they always say it was uh, how did i do it again they always say you're either working hard or hardly working like imagine one day you call your boss and <laughs> oh man, how does it go again? I can't. Dang, Damn. This, is, this is a train wreck. I know because I had it specifically. Se- I had it set up oh, so like well. Worded? Yeah, and it's just like imagine calling your boss. Like I won't be able to come in today. Oh, why not? Because I can't work hard. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I got re- erectile dysfunction. Or something. I don't know. I had it set up in a way better way. Well, Justin, thanks for that. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Uh, okay. You want to say good. anything? You're like you're on the pod, man. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know what? I think that's where we're gonna wrap it up. Do you want to plug anything? I want to plug anything. You're welcome to plug social media or any any kind of thing that you're trying. Your Instagram's kind of interesting, actually. Um, yeah. If you guys want to follow me on Instagram, you'll find me somewhere. What is it? Uh, Jonanimous sixteen. Also, like, if you guys want to come hang out, like, I usually bartend by myself on Mondays. Whereabouts are you located? Band of Goose Brewery. You guys want to show up? Where's that? It's Kingsville. So Main Street, Kingsville. Right across from where the Grove used to be. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Oh, so you're there. I'll do five dollar pints for you. And what's the normal price? It's like seven bucks. Dude, you get a Doy Boys discount right there. Come on. Yeah, and um, five dollar Barwells. So like your Ryan Cokes and stuff like that. I'll do for five bucks. Also, then, Monday's a slider Monday, so you get sliders for five bucks, which is pretty sick. Are you there all week? Usually, so I got I think Wednesday and Thursdays off. Saturdays and Sundays are live music. So How about Fridays? Fridays, yeah. I'll come visit you on Friday, maybe Hell potentially. Yeah. That's cool. Um, well, shout out to the boys in Mexico. We got uh, firefighter homies. We got the boss man, uh, code name Chicluscos. We got the one and only Peter Loco. We got uh, some of the other homies. We got Camaleon and uh, Jimmy. And of course, can't forget Melones. Heck um, yeah. Hell yeah. And then Judy. Oh, and Judy. Totally badass. She's definitely going to listen to this. Heck yeah. Um, she doesn't have a code name? No. She's just Judy. Just Judy. <laughs> she has two kids. She <laughs> she's just Judy, the amazing. Um, she does a really good job at what she does. And um, yeah. All right. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, guys. thanks for being yeah, on. Follow being us here. on the podcast at the Doy Boys with a Z. We're closing in on 200 followers finally. Yahoo! Actually? Literally, I think we're like 194. Dang. 200 followers. We're going to give away $10,000 in cash, so stay tuned. I'm about to create six more accounts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, give us a five-star review. Anyway, thanks for listening and tuning into episode 65. Adios. Always be a doy. Always be a doy. Always be a doy. Always be a doy. Joey Smitty friends. Follow us on Instagram and always be a gosh darn doy. Da 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 doy. It's Doyboy Podcast. 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 Podcast. It's Doyboy Podcast.
be a doy, always be a doy, always be a doy, always be a doy. Chloe Schmitty Franz, follow us on Instagram and always be a gosh darn doy, da 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 doy.